welcome to The Great Conversation, where ideas matter, ideas shape markets, ideas can change the world. Uh, a while back, uh, we had a senior uh, security executive, executive director of security, safety, and emergency management on at one of the largest hospitals uh, in the country. And it was a fascinating discussion because this executive brought a lot to the table, um, a, um, a legal background. He brought a consulting background. He brought um, his years of experience in the healthcare industry. So it was a very important conversation at the time. And that was kind of about two years ago. And in August of 21, he um, launched his own consulting business full-time. He had always done it on the side. Uh, but he, he went out and joined the ranks of people like me uh, who are running their own business. And, uh, and I've uh, appropriately always stocked my old relationships to see what they're up to. And I touched base with him the other day um, uh, because he was going to go to IAHSS's uh, uh, event. And uh, I thought it'd be fun to catch up with him, see what he's learned, uh, see what uh, his perspectives are, and uh, and let's see where it goes. I'm inviting him into the great conversation, William Marcis. Nice, nice seeing you. Thanks, Ron. Thanks for having me on again. Otherwise known as Bill. <laughs> Bill, Bill, Bill works. <laughs> nice having you on again, Bill. So um, I I love it. Again, natural, unscripted. People know this is a natural conversation, but. Let's start with that, that premise that over the last year uh, in launching your business full time and seeing things even more from that perspective, the strat strategic consultant angle uh, on the customer, what, what, have, what are you learning? Well, I'm, I'm learning a lot about uh, business, uh, actually. Uh, if you're working for a company and a lot of things are done for you, you know, so for me, um, having to spend, you know, 20% of my time uh, marketing and, and, and trying to uh, develop my customer base and, and, and working with uh, clients who are looking for some, something specific that I, I may or may not be able to help them with. And if I can't help them, I, I direct them to somebody I know who's a subject matter expert in, in whatever it is that they're asking for. You know, all, all of this is, is very time consuming. So I, I don't think I totally understood that I was going to be spending, you know, that amount of time uh, trying to uh, drum up the work that I'd like to do. Uh, and then obviously get paid for. So that, that was that was one thing. Um, the other thing is uh, how much I like being on my own. I, I, I really enjoy that. It, I, I didn't really think much of that until I started doing it. So, um, and, and of course you have to learn uh, structure and I, I've always been, that type of person to who is disciplined enough to make sure that they're doing uh, what they're supposed to be doing. Cause I, I know some folks out there who, who don't have that. And if they were out on their own and they started having a lot of free time, 
they would squander it and then uh, they would not be successful on the business aspect of it. So I, I think you have to be able to have the, you know, that, that, that discipline to make sure that you're doing everything you can to um, um, work your business. So if you're not doing the work, you're, 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 you're marketing and, or you're speaking to people or you're doing something uh, to get more work. So that's, I guess that's what it's about. If I drew a pie chart of where your revenue comes from as a company, uh, what percentage of it is coming from, you know, you, you testify a lot, you're, uh, uh, that's, that's part of your income stream. You have your strategic consulting. Are there any more lines of business that generate revenue besides your strategic security management consulting and your, uh, your, your witnessing uh, on the stand? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's go back five years uh, I, when I started the business uh, on the side. So I had been working uh, with a, a large healthcare system as their executive director of security. And uh, I, I saw that I had a, a marketable skill set. And because I had been an attorney as well, I understood the law and how, how to uh, uh, strategize and, and facilitate casework and things like that. So, um, so for, for the time I was with uh, the hospital, I, I mainly did expert witness work because I, I just... I found it very difficult to get away for a week to, to go out and do an assessment at a hospital somewhere. I could do smaller projects here and there. So my, my business model was more like about 95% uh, doing forensic consulting or expert witness work as, as it's called. And the other 5% was out there just doing straight up assessments and uh, in the areas of security and workplace violence. I, um, I, I didn't, so the business was really a, a retirement strategy because I planned to work another 10 years with the organization I was with. It was, it's a great organization and I, I loved doing what I was doing. So I've been very fortunate to be, uh, to still be in the field that I, I enjoy doing and doing the, uh, and also, um, Having having been a lawyer and 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 a, uh, a security executive, I've, I'm able to merge those disciplines in in the work I do and provide uh, risk analysis and uh, help help organizations mitigate liability and risk exposure, and also make the places safer and and help them out with workplace violence compliance. So. Um, kind of an interesting thing happened to me um, uh, during COVID was that uh, what, what started off as a, a retirement strategy became uh, more and more of a full-time business. And, and I was being approached by a lot of different healthcare systems to uh, help do assessments. And it, it got to a point where I said, well, this is a, this is, this is viable. And, and then it, I figured, well, let's, let's just go ahead now and start the business. So it, and it was an eight month decision-making process. I didn't, I, you know, I, I really thought this through and I, and I spoke to a lot of experts in the field and asked them, Hey, what can I expect? And, and I, I got, I got to thank all those uh, uh, security consultants that were out there that kind of helped me um, through that very difficult decision-making process. So, so kudos to them. Uh, and I, I, 
basically left my organization in uh, August of uh, 21, giving them about three months notice because <laughs> I didn't want to leave them in the lurch. And um, another interesting thing happening one month out of that, I, I received a, uh, an award. It's called the uh, Outstanding Security Performance Award through the American Society for Industrial Security. So uh, that's the, the largest security trade organization uh, in the world with 35,000 members worldwide. And I, I was fortunate enough to get the uh, Security Director of the Year, I guess is what it's called. It's actually called the Outstanding Performance by a Security Director. And I think that just kind of capped off a, uh, just, a just a wonderful career in, in private security management. Um, unfortunately, I, I was no longer a security director, so. but it's, it was great for, to, to receive that recognition. I think that's one of the, uh, the probably the, one of the highest honors you can get as, a, as an individual. Um, it, it wasn't so much um, um, an individual accomplishment, but it was also a team accomplishment. Our hospital received the Lindbergh Bell Award, which was the most outstanding performance by a security team in 2019 through the International Association for Healthcare Security and Safety. And that was followed again by as is the next year in 2020, we received our uh, most, most outstanding award uh, for security progress. So, you know, these things are peer reviewed and it's, it's, it's they're, they're great accomplishments. And I was, I was really um, honored to, to be selected for all of these things. So, uh, and, then, and then my uh, consulting business just kind of took off from there and uh, I haven't looked back yet. And I, I, I don't really, while I regret having to leave the people and the team uh, that we had, we had developed, uh, we're all still close and, and maintain those friendships. I, I haven't really had any regrets about making this uh, leap into um, pr pr the world of private consulting. You know, it was really interesting. I was um, having a conversation with a CSO the other day, and she said, uh, I can't defend what I can't see. And, and, and the reason I'm bringing this up is, and it may or may not be a thread we pull on in this conversation, uh, but I have noticed an uptick in consultants' business over the last six months. And that uptick seems to be around assessments. And let's just, let's just call out assessment uh, so we can make sure what we're talking about here. Organizations are wanting to reframe security in light of everything that's happened. They want to reframe it. So they need somebody to come in and look at how people perform roles in a process using whatever tools you've given them to achieve organizational outcomes. Notice I said organizational outcomes, not just threats, not just risks, outcomes, right? And so you have two things you, you just mentioned, you just got an uptick in your assessment business. People are coming to you for more and more assessments. So it looks like, am I right or not? Companies are reassessing security in the light of everything that's happened. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so since I, I moved into consulting full-time, as I said before, my, my uh, business model was 95% of the forensic consulting and expert witness work 
you know, helping attorneys uh, uh, prosecute and defend their, their cases. So my business model has shifted down to where I'm doing about 50% assessments and half my work is now the, uh, the expert witness consulting. So where, where I'm getting a, a, most of my work, obviously I'm a healthcare security expert. So I'm getting a lot of hospitals that are, are calling me and, and having them do. Uh, now, now there, there's, a, there's a variety of types of assessments that you can do. So uh, I tend to focus mainly on program assessments and helping um, large healthcare systems systematize their program to uh, gain efficiencies, uh, eliminate redundancies, and, and like I said, uh, uh, look at security globally to eliminate uh, or, or marginalize uh, uh, exposure and, and, and liability. So to do that, you have to understand security has um, really five separate components to it. So any security program, so whether you're a large healthcare system like Kaiser Permanente or HCA or Advent Health, or whether you're a small hospital in uh, some rural area where your security team is really just your maintenance guy and, and the, his security officer is the person out there mowing the lawn. A security program in a, in a hospital has five components. And first is the what we call security operations, and that's your boots on the ground, security officers, security supervisors, the, the security director. These are the people who are out there responding to calls, uh, identifying threats, and moving around and basically keeping the, the place, uh, being a visual deterrent. There's a communications aspect and records management aspect to security, and that's uh, how do we how do how does security get called? How does the security team communicate with each other? Uh, how, how do they uh, accumulate data and 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 things like that? So there's what I call communication. So that's the second part. Now to merge those two first two uh, to merge operations and communications, you have to have training, and and training provides that. Uh, the professionalism of, of your security team, but it also provides the, the synchronization, especially in large healthcare systems where you, where you want your security staff to have a, a balanced and, and standardized approach to everything. So uh, training holds that together. One of the most expensive components of, of providing security is what we call physical security or security technology. And those are, you know, that's your access control systems, your CCTV, dress alarms, um, and, and you can get into now artificial intelligence, facial recognition, um, uh, you know, license plate recognition, and, and another area I specialize in is body cameras, which kind of is, is, is a great way to uh, de-escalate violence and, and document and and I think we've talked about that before. You could even redefine your culture uh, in terms of accountability and in the process, de-escalate workplace violence by implementing those tools. The final component, which people don't um, um, sometimes don't understand or they don't resource it is investigations. Security investigations in healthcare or in any other business. If you have a, a skilled and trained investigator on your staff, they can 
um, they pay for themselves and, and beyond. So um, uh, the, the healthcare system I was with, we, we staffed two full-time investigators. On average, each year, they, they recovered property uh, to the value of about a, a half a million dollars a year. So that was either computers or equipment or patients' belongings or employees' cell phones and things like that, that we actually um, caught the people who, who, who took those items and then got that property back and returned it. So the organization was not out uh, those assets. On the other side of the coin, what the investigators also did is they provided a value add on top of the paying for their own salaries and, and benefits and, and that they supported risk management, they supported human resources, administration in conducting investigations. They also helped the pharmacy with uh, drug diversion cases and, and uh, legal and, and other entities doing uh, due diligence type work. The third component was that the investigators, we also trained them to be uh, professional threat assessment people so that we were able to conduct and have a fairly robust threat management team. Uh, they supported our uh, multidisciplinary threat management teams. And I talk about that in other um, forums where in hospitals, you, you, you want to train your uh, security management people, your uh, risk management people, your HR people, uh, legal and, and administration on how to manage a threat uh, so that it, it has as little uh, disruption to your business continuity and, and makes people and it makes the environment a lot safer. So the, the investigators do a lot of the legwork in supporting the threat management team. If not, in our case, we actually had them running uh, a lot of the threats themselves. So those, those are the five areas of security. And when I come in and I do an assessment, I tend to uh, really just focus in uh, on, on those items and, and other items that, that people want. Workplace violence is another area of my expertise. Um, I, I come in and I help um, organizations ensure that they are uh, doing the things that, to keep people safe, but also make sure that there's a compliance to it. Um, I just wrote an article on uh, the Joint Commission's new uh, uh, workplace violence requirements uh, that you, you can find that on my LinkedIn site um, that those new uh, joint commission requirements just came out in January of this year 2022 and it, it, it really adds some accountability to hospital administration and, and you really need to understand what what the joint commission is trying to accomplish and and and, and Throughout this year, I've been helping another organization uh, develop a, a, a very sophisticated workplace violence uh, prevention program, uh, utilizing the, the constructs of those uh, joint commission requirements. So uh, very important, uh, but that's really my business model and that's what I do. And uh, it's, it's been very fulfilling uh, to, to do all that. Well, yeah, the name of your firm is uh, Strategic Security Management Consulting. And, you know, what I just heard and inferred from everything you just said is uh, 
you know, for years, hospitals were trying to react to incidents. Now, what you're suggesting with especially your focus on program management is you can get in front of the curve here if you have the right team. And so the investigator plays the role of protective intelligence before the bang, if you will, left the bang, and uh, also provides much needed resources for, um, for helping forensically the risk management, HR, pharma, and legal functions as well. And, but they can't do that without good executive leadership in security and safety, valuing the integration of that data and moving it through technology to real time, because this isn't an analog world anymore. Am I reading that right? Yes, absolutely. There's, um, uh, it's not a new concept, but it's, it's, it's gaining a lot of traction. It's called enterprise security risk management. And I, I think it's essential. Uh, and I'll, and you'll, start, you'll see a lot of organizations have now embraced security as part of their business plan and, and, and really focusing some resourcing into that and hiring skilled uh, security experts to to manage their their um, security program. So I, I think that is the real. It's it's it's. I won't call it the next curve because it's already happening. But I, that's what I strongly suggest, uh, particularly in the healthcare area where where workplace violence is is it's it's really getting out of control. Um, it, you know, I, I, I haven't run across any hospital or, or security director who's told me, yeah, our workplace violence is decreasing. It's, it's not. <laughs> and, uh, and it's not through uh, bad security. It, it's just, it's just becoming part of the, uh, the dynamic. So it, it really requires a very global approach uh, from the top down, uh, from, from leadership on down to uh, ensure that we're doing everything we can to create a culture of safety for the entire organization. And that means training everybody in the organization on how to respond to workplace violence and not just active shooter. Uh, it, I, I'm talking, you know, you know, you know, 99.9% of all workplace violence in, in, a, in a hospital is not active shooter. Yeah, I see a lot of security programs out there that that seems to be the, the, the primary focus. And that's just a response to fear. And, and so you'll, you'll have the security managers or hospital administrators, and they're always trying to address that fear instead of the, the, the clear and present danger which is the, the verbal abuse, the, the nurses getting attacked and threatened in the emergency rooms and throughout the rest of the organization. That, that's where all your funding and, and resourcing should be addressed. Not saying not, don't, don't address active shooter. Yeah, you do, you do need to do that too. You know, let's be very clear. You need training around that. And uh, certainly a threat assessment team is uh, probably the most effective tool to prevent active shooters. So um, 
I, you know, but that's that's really um, what I'm starting to see. And, and really, I think the crux of it is having administrative support and making sure that security is written into the business plan. Well, it, and the fact that in January of 2022, the Joint Commission, right, the Joint Commission speaking yeah. to, like you said, the ears of the organizational executives of healthcare is basically saying, we're holding you accountable now. So, you know, there's a direct tie right there, a direct tie right there to making that part of the business plan, I would imagine, if it isn't there already. And then, you know, back to, you can't manage what you can't see. Um, the fact that you're training your team to see, process, and communicate that whole idea of the security culture listening to the other aspects of the business. Um, this was a, a profound conversation I had with Mark Reed, one of your uh, peers in Los Angeles on the West Coast, who um, would constantly be asking his, his culture, nurses, ER people, and so forth, what it is that's keeping them from being effective. And uh, and, you know, I remember the survey coming out saying we're scared of the conversations we're having with our patients these days and our, the patients and their relatives, right, or their friends, and they're scared. And, and he realizes there's a causal thing about how those conversations escalate and lead to violence. And he puts in a technology that actually detects those conversations and they're escalating so he can get in front of the bang right before the incident occurs, which I thought was fascinating. Have you heard him talk on that subject? I, I know Mark very well, and he's, he's certainly a, a leader in, in healthcare security. And um, I, I, I really do appreciate um, his, his uh, contributions and his friendship. So, yeah, I, I, I know I, I'm, I'm, I'm dialed into what Mark's doing out there uh, and um, I'm, I, I'm glad that's been very successful for him. Yeah. And it helps, you know, and that, that goes to uh, one of the things that I keep saying to hospital administrators uh, over and over again. As I said, look, there's a real, there's an unseen uh, return on investment to making sure that your staff feel safe. Because if they don't feel safe, if, if somebody's afraid of coming to work, they're, 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 that's impacting your, 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 your quality of care and could lead to uh, a medical malpractice claim, which is what I did as a lawyer. I, I, that, that's what I did. I was a med mal defense attorney in hospitals. If somebody's focus is, 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 is not in the continuity of care that they're providing, that's when those critical errors occur. And, and so even though that's, it's a, a uh, maybe it's not even a credible threat, folks who don't understand threats and what's real and what's not, that, that threat is real to them. So other people's perceptions are your reality as a security director. So, um, and, and that's another thing I find with some uh, security professionals out there is like, yeah, we evaluated the threat and it's not credible. We're moving on to something else because our time's not, you know, we don't have time to deal with it. Well, hold on, you know, sometimes you do need to do some hand-holding here and explain the process and how you came to that conclusion and, and make those people feel better. 
you know. Um, I had another situation one time. I remember I was a young security manager and uh, uh, a uniformed security officer. He kept getting called to the ER uh, to deal with a difficult patient. And he said, I don't know why these nurses keep calling me. I said, every time I go there, the patient's fine. And I pulled the officer aside. I said, do you ever think that the reason why the patient's fine when you're there is because you're a big uniformed security officer and and the the, the nurse is not <laughs> and and then the light bulb went on and like oh oh okay <laughs> but um you know it's you have to as a leader you have to identify you have to have situational awareness and and you know uh communicate um uh what what might be obvious to you that which is not obvious to others so well um you know just to wrap this up a little bit I've often said in many of the conversations that we've published, I've often said, you know, I've quoted an old American philosopher from, you know, a hundred something years ago, where he said, most people live lives of quiet desperation. And I, I quoted in the context of uh, something that a lot of consultants are selling these days to the CEOs. CEOs realize that most of their people aren't engaged in the business. They just aren't. They into the purpose, the mission. They can't get them wired in, and that's hurting their productivity uh, and all sorts of considerations. But, but, but our security profession can add safety and security to that too. There, these three things: safety, security, actively engaged in the mission of the business. Without those three things, you can't have civil society. You can't have great commerce you can't take care of the customer. And uh, I think what you bring as part of your strategic security management consulting is uh, this more holistic thinking that this really is in and part of the business. Yes, so I, I worked in hospitals before I became uh, an attorney. And then I, most of my practice was focused on representing hospitals. And in doing so, I had to learn the jobs of a ER nurse, a circulator in the OR, a radiologist, a physician, uh, all of the positions in, in, in the healthcare spectrum of, of a hospital in order to defend that, their, those claims. I had to learn their jobs. So when, when I went back into healthcare, I think I was able to connect on a, on a, on a, on their level because I understood what their job entailed and how they spent their day where your average security director, uh, you know, he, he knows, but he, like I did, but just didn't get it. Just didn't have that. And, and so I was able to have empathy and, 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 um, help, 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 um, help the organization through that. So I gained their confidence. I gained the C-suite confidence. And, and when you are a security leader and, and you can do that, that is when you'll be most successful. And I just did a, uh, a presentation on strategic planning for the International Association for Healthcare Security and Safety this week on, in their conference. And that, that was one of the points I stressed is, you know, I spent a whole year drafting a strategic plan. It was a hundred pages and I, you know, I had it tabbed out and referenced and everything. Your average uh, CEO, is not going to read a, your 100-page report. 
you know, so I, I did explain that you, you, need, to, you need to have a bluff, uh, B-L-U-F, uh, bottom line up front, sometimes an executive summary. I, I say make it one page because that's all that CEO is ever going to read because they just don't have the time. And security sometimes is an afterthought for, for healthcare administrators. So have your elevator speeches prepared. Uh, every once in a while, you're, you're going to run across an administrator who, who who really wants to understand security and get into the science of it. And, and then those are the folks who understand it's not just a bunch of uniform guys walking around. There, there's actually a, a, a methodology and, and a reason why we do the things we do and the way we do them. So, uh, you mean there's a method to your madness? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> well, no, it, it's it's great when you can make those connections, and then and, and, and when they learn, that's that's how you get to yes, you know, uh, and 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 get those uh, security initiatives approved, and get funding and resourcing and things like that. Remember, you're you're competing against other. Um, entities in your hospital or, or your business for for dollars that the 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 keepers of the plan would like to see go and invest into other areas that generate revenue so uh you got to show how you know you, security doesn't necessarily generate revenue but we can save a boatload of money and mitigate your risk if, if you um and we, you know like i said let's 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 not have that medical malpractice incident occur because the nurse is freaked out that somebody who made a threat yesterday is going to come into her unit and shoot her. This is why this has been uh, a great catch up and a great conversation with Bill Marcy, uh, because at the end of the day, we learn the five pillars of a strategic security program, the why behind the pillars. And, uh, and quite frankly, how to articulate it to the executives who manage uh, risk and opportunity in their businesses. Thank you, Bill, for a great conversation. Oh, thanks, Ron. It's always great to come in here and uh, chat with you for, for a little while. Absolutely. We'll catch up again uh, in another year and see, see where you're at. Uh, this has been a tremendous time of upheaval, but at the same time with risk, and complexity comes opportunity, and you're seizing the day on that. Thank you, Bill. Absolutely. Thank you.